Yes, you lovely people. If you're not already, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify. Richard Lee, he is now known as basically the super goalkeeping agent. If a goalkeeper moves, he's normally done the deal. When I'm t- telling you this figure and, and then you say, um, I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> Had it have gone through, you would have been comfortably far and away the best paid number three in the universe. <laughs> this feeling just went goom down into my belly, right? I've got goosebumps because I've just remembered it there. So in my group, I then sent a text saying, this isn't done until it's done. Really? I sensed it. Just filled with me with dread. everybody welcome to another episode of the Fozcast. i've got richard lee why are you giggling when i did the intro then you did <laughs> you just giggled <laughs> i'm keeping that in i don't care um yes yeah, so um if you watched my uh, retirement podcast that i made a few weeks ago you would there's no better feeling than a personal win and the state farm personal price plan can help you do just that Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Have maybe remembered that I referenced an agent who was doing the, the deal on my behalf. Uh, that is a guy called Richard Lee. He is now known as like basically the super goalkeeping agent. If um, if m- any goalkeeper moves, especially in the AFL, right? Mm. Especially in the AFL. If a goalkeeper moves, he's normally done the deal. He does all of them nowadays. And he was the guy that was in charge of uh, my deal going through, basically, the doomed deal mm. to Newcastle. Um, so I thought it would be a good pod to get you here. We've got an agent on you, the first agent we've ever had. And I think it'd be good to talk about not only the, the Newcastle deal, how you saw it from your point of view, but also just the inner workings of how an agent operates his day-to-day the behind the scenes how it all kind of gets put together basically um before we get into it as usual though we want to shout out our boy call out craig dawson craig dawson uh rich can you just say craig come on come on craig Dawson, mate, come on. Get please. on the podcast. Get on the podcast. He was in the starting lineup actually uh, for West Ham against, who was it, Wolves, Wolves. the other day. Um, so you're riding high, mate. Good tuna, win, clean sheet. Now's the time, mate. Stop back in on the way home from London and come and do the podcast. Dawson got Bruno Large the sack, didn't he? Basically. He basically did, yeah. He basically did. And also, if you are listening to us on Spotify, do not forget, though, you can now actually watch us, yeah? We are a vodcast, not just a podcast. You can watch us. Never heard in- of that? In a vodcast. No, that's what it is, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So uh, you'd be able to watch us in all our glory. I am, in fact, wearing a lovely Mexico shirt today to represent the green of the Fozcast and Spotify, obviously. Um, but right, let's get into it. Stop uh, preambling, okay? Richard Lee, how are you, mate? I'm very well. Yourself? Yeah, I'm incredible. Right, I want to take you back, okay, to about three... the most miserable moment of your life. Yeah, a day that Biggest you... high, the lowest low. Yeah, you were you were not happy. At the end of the day, you were not happy, and we'll, we'll come on to this though, okay? So. Um, I want to set the scene for you, all right? It's um, it's about, what, 12 o'clock in the afternoon? Yep. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I get a phone call. The phone rings. Ben, Fozzie, it's Rich. Ooh, okay. I know Rich is an agent, and I still haven't retired from football, so straight away. How do you know Rich? Let's just put a bit of context around it, because this isn't just any agent. You've known Rich for a very, very long time. Yeah, I've known Rich for a very long time. So we, we knew, knew each other at Watford. Mm. Um, you were a goalkeeper. Um, the first season I was at Watford, actually, you were out on loan, wasn't you, to like Blackburn and stuff, yeah? And then the second season, you came back, you were, you were my number two goalkeeper. Um, and we've kept, kept in touch ever since, haven't we? Great, good friend. Oh, what a guy, by the way. Richard Lee, lovely bloke, honestly. Really lovely bloke. Um, the red wine stain on your seat? As, yeah, as uh, one, yeah, one night in particular. Um, you spilled red wine on Kate's no, sofa? No, no, he didn't spill red wine. He didn't spill red oh, wine. Oh, no. It was yeah. a bad night. Let's, let's night not elaborate out. too much oh, from there, no. but has she forgiven me yet? Probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> no, no, this is the kind of thing that Kate, leaves I'm a sorry. deep scar. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we had a night out. We're getting off, off track, but I don't care, but we had a night out, good night out, um, and you were sleeping on my sofa, my mm. cream sofa. Really um, cream. One of John Lewis's finest as well. Um, and yeah, you managed to chuck up the contents of a red wine bottle all over the bad boy. Um, don't worry about it though, I forget about it. Perfect right. way to start this show. He did Perfect not even way. offer to pay for the dry cleaning or anything, like, <laughs> nothing, right? Scumbag. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm setting yeah. the scene. So that's how we know you, okay? So now obviously I'm, I'm proud of everything you're doing now. You, you've branched off into the agency world and you're absolutely killing it. Um, representing the goalkeepers as well, I love it. 
So anyway, we, I'll take you back to this 12 o'clock, right? So so I've set the scene for you. Yep. You tell me your side of it, your perspective of how this day started. So that day for me, I was flying to Dublin. I had to go and meet a potential client. So I was flying out there, uh, due to go there, and then flying back later that evening. So that was my day. So I'm literally on the runway. So you don't know this. Yeah, I, I don't tell know you this part. No. I was on the run- runway. I got a bit of intel that uh, Caldalo had gone down. For Newcastle, okay, injured, and I'd heard that it was quite a serious one, and so realistically, they're going to need to bring someone in. So I knew the flight was an hour or so. I had to get in contact with you before I got on the plane to be like, "Look, is it all right if I make this call on your behalf, etc.?" Which obviously you said yes to. In the meantime, also sending a couple of messages out elsewhere to sort of lay the foundation. Then I'm I'm in the air for an hour. I couldn't get reception obviously because it was a Ryanair flight. They don't have Wi-Fi on those flights, so I'm just waiting for it to land. So the moment it lands. I can then get on the case and try to see if there's something there, at which point, obviously, you know, I heard that Newcastle... It was interesting, actually, Pickford went down the same day as well. Yeah. So there was Everton-Newcastle. I, I learned early on that Newcastle had more of a chance than Everton. So it was a case of, right, could there be an interest in Ben Foster? I then get the call back to say that there could be. So so when, when these goalies go down injured, right, because mm. you've got such a good name in the game now already, right, you're like the go-to goalkeeper um, agent, basically. So when a goalkeeper go down, goes down injured... How does it work? Who is it from from the football club? Could it be another agent? Anyone could be absolutely could be anyone. It's just one now that we uh, there's a couple of other guys that I work with where it's effectively a big jigsaw. The goalkeeping world is a big jigsaw. You see one move from somewhere, you already know they're going to need somebody else. And then I guess where the skill in what we do is having a good idea as to who fits who. Uh, So already for you, like I know we spoke about it in the summer, I knew the kind of teams that would fit you. So you're essentially just waiting for that opportunity to come up. So the moment that happened with Carl Darlow, I knew that the out-of-contract goalkeepers at the time were you, Loris Karius, Nyland, Westwood. So I knew the list. And with the greatest respect to those guys, all fantastic goalkeepers, my gut said that you would have been top of that list. So So at this moment then, you have to start kind of like... Get, looking at it from every angle, yeah? yeah? So the, the first port call is to me to say, yeah. Fozzy, are you interested? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how does that call go? What what are yeah. you asking? What sort of questions well, are you asking? So interesting, because I, I did it to a couple of, maybe a week before, um, and they didn't materialise the ones that I said, because it's always got to be you first, because if you say no, there's yeah. no point in then me getting the club excited. So the moment you said, yeah, go on, play it out, see what it looks like. Then it's the call to the club. And in fairness to them, they came back pretty quickly and said, yeah, of course, look, if that's a possibility, looks like we're going to need someone. Uh, this is what it would look like. And they obviously without, you know, won't give away uh, too much information. Facts, but and they, facts and figures. But they then made it clear that, yeah, of course, look, we, you know, Ben Foster would be perfect to come in. You know, you would have been, had you were gone, really good number two in terms of you as a lat. Because it's the other thing. It's not just about you as the goalkeeper. It's then the whole profile. So yeah. what are you like as a character, which again, the agent can help portray who you are as a character. And if they've got trust in the agent to give truth, then I'm painting a picture to them as to what you're like. Let's be honest, most people know what you're like now, which is kind of a good thing. Yeah, it makes yeah, it easier. Yeah. So you tick the box in terms of you as a profile going in, being a good person around the place. Obviously, in terms of you playing, you know, still comfortably play at that level. So for them, it ticked all the boxes and they were very quick to then say, yeah, we'll look to do something. This is our initial offer. So the, the questions I remember you asking straight away were, right, uh, is this something you, you, you want to do? He said, so I remember you saying, think about it. It's Newcastle. It's a long way away, right? It's not the sort of place that you can just drive to and then drive home. It's, it's four hours away from your house. Uh, so that was the first question I remember you asking. Is it doable? And I said, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I said, but the 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 basically it was it came down to what the package would look like, and I gave you a figure of a weekly wage that I thought, do you know what? If they come to this and they match it, it not only shows me that they're they're obviously going to be willing to pay the wage, but they really want me. And I think that's a bit that's kind of quite nice, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? When when I'm t- telling you this figure and there and then you say, I remember you saying, um, I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> But do you know what it was? And this is where it's interesting. So I saw the way the day play out. Now, realistically, with the greatest of respect, you would have gone there as a two initially. But when Carl Dolo's fit, there's a good chance he goes back as a two. So effectively, the contract was for a number three 
goalkeeper who's going to be a two realistically for a short period of time. I say this and me knowing you, by that point, you're probably number one and you probably played 10 <laughs> games by that point. But, you know, realistically, that was what the contract was. So had it have gone through, you would have been comfortably far and away the best paid number three in the universe. <laughs> so that's why I said to you initially, like, OK, that's a really big figure for what this role is. Yeah. Um, and I said, I said, that's fine. Yeah, I understand that. I understand I'm asking a lot, but I think for me, to because with everything we've got going on with the podcast, we do the football filling football show, everything else that I've got used to doing over the last three months since my Watford career, uh, since my Watford contract ended, um, I've got actually into a bit of a groove of really enjoying what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I, I'll be dead dead honest with you. I'm not. We're not missing. I'm not missing football one little bit, am I? The, what we're doing, Tom, is like really enjoyable. Every day seems to be something new. So when I threw that figure out there, I was thinking, do you know what? I don't think they're going to do this. Mm. I don't think they'll go to this, right? And, I, and I, I almost kind of, in the back of my head, thought that's cool because then I haven't got to make a decision then. It's like, it just didn't work out. It is what it is. So uh, I told you the figure and you've gone, well, I'll, I'll go back to them. I don't think they're going to do that. I went, yeah, that's cool, mate. It's fine. If, if they can't, not a problem. No skin. You're in a mind. massive position of power because ultimately you've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Because you, yeah. Do, you do what we do. And like you say, you're, you're a busy guy now. Yeah. Like with the podcast, the show, two, three, four days a week, easy peasy. Yeah, for sure. So you're in a real nice position going into this. It wasn't even a negotiation well, other, from you, other, was it? The other part to this as well, and where you're, you, you know, your, your, uh, your hand was even stronger, was the fact that, of course, the window wasn't open. So it is now, you suddenly, the moment September 1st came around, Ben Foster, as a goalkeeper's strength in the market, became that much more. Yeah, sure, yeah. It wasn't like, I don't know, had it been deadline day, and let's say we'd have had that initial phone call, and they'd have realised what your your figure was, they might have turned around and said, well, look, do you know what, we might as well go and buy such and such, and maybe gone and spent a transfer fee on somebody else, yeah. you know, of a different profile. We might have a bit of a resale value or anything like that anything kind like of that. thing. So all of a sudden, there was you were a, a very small number of goalkeepers were available at this time. Yeah. So um, so anyway, you you've got so at this point, I've told you what I want. Yeah. You then have gone back to Newcastle and gone right. Boom. Ben's interested. Yeah. He, he he wants to do it. This is what he wants. Yeah. yeah. What do Newcastle say here? Uh, at that point, they said that's a bit heavy. Yeah. Um, a bit heavy so then in fairness we were talking back and forth because again this is where the role of the agent is right you need to know where the client sits yeah. and you want the client to be happy but then similarly you want to work with the club so it's that you know it's kind of finding that middle ground in this case early on we had to let them know there isn't really middle ground it's not one where sometimes in a negotiation you might start a little bit high knowing that you give yourself a bit of wiggle room with this i knew very early on with you it was yeah. i think even if they're a penny below you wouldn't have yeah, sure. so rich at that point do you do you kind of do you lay your card of card on the table and say Listen, this isn't really a negotiation for Ben. That's the number, and he's quite happy to walk away. How do you position it? Yeah, you, you do. But then similarly, naturally, they'll want to come back with ideas. And they were really creative. Yeah, they were. In yeah. fairness, they yeah. were trying to think of different ideas. Um, and so it was one that I would then bring them back to Ben, in my head knowing, and, and again, I guess where people know who you are, what you are, how you are, it's one where it made it a little bit easier as well to be like, look, Ben is where he is. There isn't really going to be any wiggle room on this. We can try and be as creative as we want, but I think it is when, that. When you, when you say creative, um, what, what so it yeah, means is... So it might be, for instance, um, the weekly salary is X, but there might be an additional amount for sitting on the bench. There might be an additional amount for, for playing games. There might be that there's certain bonuses at the end of the season if you've ticked certain boxes. So kind of finding a way so that you might hit that figure, but it's incentivized yeah, sure. in a certain way. Because the chances are, like I say, had Carlo, uh, Carl Darlow sorry, got fit... And and gone back as a two you might not have then been sitting on the bench yep. so a lot of these incentives then move away but at that point you then sit as that number three on a number three's salary yep. so they were looking at different ways like this where you know effectively you could get to that figure but you've got to structure it differently yeah. basically yeah yeah um so yeah so then as the day's progressing we're getting to about um i remember um so the the the, the big thing that stuck in my head was about three o'clock you I, you basically rung me back and said, listen, they can't do anywhere near what you're asking. They can't do that. Um, they're willing to do this, um, but they can structure it differently. And I went, mate, it's cool, honestly. Don't even worry about it. Just say, listen, I'm not, not trying to hold your arm behind your back or anything like that. And I ain't being, I ain't, we're not talking like Premier League striker wages here, by the way. We're talking good money, but it's, you have to respect the contract. You have to, because it was incredible. And I got the feeling all the way through this, Newcastle actually were real top class about it all. They were really, really good. Um, but they just weren't willing to meet those demands. So I've said to you, right, mate, that's cool. 
that's fine. And I remember you saying to me, well, we're going to have to walk away then. We're going to have to walk away. Um, so at that point, what did you do then? Yeah, I'll probably give a little bit more context here as well, because I was then, obviously I'd landed in the airport. Yeah. So this was like a scene. Do you remember the film Phone Booth? Yeah. Where the whole <laughs> film was like, I basically spent seven hours in the airport. I had a potential client coming to meet me. And I said to him early on, an hour before, I could already see what was going to happen. So I rang him. He was en route to meet me. I was like, look, I'm going to apologize in advance because I can already see how today's going to play out. So you can imagine I'm sat there giving a presentation to this lad and the phone rings again. I must have left him six times during that presentation to the lad. So it was a killer. Plus I was in the airport, couldn't get any uh, reception on like WhatsApp because there was too many people in the airport. Phone was dying. I've had to walk like half a mile down the road sometimes to make some of these phone calls just to get away from the noise and everything. So the whole thing, it was just, it was like a scene from a film, my end. (laughs) And then obviously I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to, to Newcastle and they got to a point where, yeah, it was a conversation with, with them to say, look, I think it is what it is. I don't think there's, you know, as much as we've you know, gone back and suggested a few different ideas, it's going to have to be that or nothing. It's very simple. It would have to be that, that or nothing. And then the phone went quiet for a long period of time. Yeah. So I just assumed at that point that they'd moved on, which was fine. Is that how it works? If, if, a war, if a deal is dead in the water, they're... It's not that they're being rude and they're just not getting back to you. It's just that they've got other stuff to do. They've got a new client to try and get after. There'll always be with every single position. You see all the deals that happen. Of course, there's always a hit list. One, two, three, four. And it's like anything. It's like, okay, we want our number one. But at what point does it become silly to do that? Because yeah, sure. the thing here is, look, Karius is obviously there now. There is a chance that he does never play, never plays a game for, for Newcastle. Probably so a from, high chance. There's a high chance. I mean, it could happen with, with yourself. So then it's a question of, as a club, as an ownership, are we willing to invest, you know, from a business point of view, are we going to invest this amount of money for someone who might not even play a game? But then alternatively, and, and similarly, you've got the situation where what if Pope had got injured and you suddenly had to play 10 games? It's one where the Premier League being what it is now, that might be the difference of however many points. Yeah, for sure. Which in itself, so it's almost an insurance policy on one side of things, but it's then how much is that worth to yeah, you? Yeah, and yeah. I, I just felt at that point, I thought maybe, you never know, but maybe it's just gone a little bit too high. I did think they'd call back and give us the courtesy of just saying, look, we have decided to go elsewhere. But yeah, that phone call didn't quite go as I, I thought it would. Yeah, so at this point then, um, the phone had gone quiet for maybe an hour or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Newcastle rang you back. Mm-hmm. And how did that go? <laughs> it was interesting because it was, right, Rich, we'll hit the figure. However, that, what he did say, and again, we never really went into this detail because we didn't need to, but it was like, like we'll hit the figure, but there's going to be no accommodation. There's going to be no this, no this, no this. It was like, look, it is that. Weekly wage, you know, boom. Weekly wage, boom, yeah. done, but there's nothing. And I was like, okay, well, that's what Ben said. Ben yeah. said, if you get there, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So at that point, I... Well, I called you, but as well as calling you, I had to speak to my colleagues because I'd arranged for one of my colleagues to come up and meet me there. I was then looking to divert my flight. So I'd already looked and I had a flight ready to go from Dublin to Newcastle direct. Oh, sorry, mate. Because I'd have had to go back to Stansted. I'd have landed about 12. I wouldn't have got to Newcastle 5 and your medical would have been at yeah. 9. Yeah. So I was like, no, it makes more sense to go to Newcastle. I can buy a shirt in the morning or whatever. I already planned it all out, spoke to my colleagues. They were going to come meet me. And then, yeah, I gave you the call. Um, yeah, so the call basically went along the lines of, um, Fozzie, uh, I cannot believe this. <laughs> I cannot believe this, but, um, yeah, they're going to do it. They have agreed to, to do it. It is, it is literally basic wage. You are not ever going to see any bonuses of any sort. Um, but they've agreed to do it. Mm. Um, and when you told me this, right, I can, I can sense like he was buzzing, right, Tom? Honestly, he was buzzing. I, the, like the excitement. He was so excited. Right? He was like, oh my God, I can't. They've done it. They've absolutely done it, right? So I'm there. I was actually sat outside. I had just started putting some coal on the barbecue outside, right? <laughs> I just started putting some coal on my big green egg. And um, I was trying to light it because I've got like a, a blowtorch kind of thing. Um, and the phone rang. So I've got like flame in this hand. And, like, and then you're ringing me going, they've done it. They've done it. And instead of me going, yes, buzzing, 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 right? Oh, mate. I had the worst. Oh, this feeling just went goom. Yeah. down into my belly, right? I've got goosebumps because I've just remembered it there. But this feeling of like absolute dread, yeah, mm. went into my belly and I was like, oh shit, oh shit, I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do it. So you're buzzing and I've gone, right, mate, give me half an hour, okay? And you've gone, sweet, see you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, though? Do you know what I did? But I've actually, I've still got the text on my phone to show. So in my group, I then sent a text saying, this isn't done until it's done. Really? I sensed it. 
I sensed it the moment you hung up. Because even the fact you said, give me half an hour, I'm like, give you half an hour for what? Well, what? Like, I'm going to see you up you, there. You know, yeah, you've known him long enough, Rich. Right? I can sense and, it. And unless he says, brilliant, yep, cool, don't sweet. Yeah. You should see the responses from my colleagues. They're like, don't be silly. It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you don't know Ben. You don't know Ben. Oh. I know. So I, I had this slightest little inkling. I still thought at that point, of course, you're going to. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of reasons. And I know our next conversation, I'm sure we'll get on to. There are a lot of reasons for yeah. why it might have made logical sense. But I could just sense something in your tone of voice. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that half an hour turned into about an hour, really. Yeah. Mm. And I had, at this point, I, uh, dinner sort of like, we're sort of just sitting down for dinner. I'm over um and an hour in. At this point, I text um, Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. to see what days off um Eddie Howe normally gives mm-hmm. because it's important because if you're if I'm if I'm living up there which is 4 hours away which I'll have to live up there I need to know that I can have basically 2 days off in a row so that I can come home and spend time with the family that's important really important um so we text straight back and was like Fozzy um Mate, you won't get two days off in a row. You won't. Um, it'll give you. It'll probably give you Sunday off, and if you're doing all right, he might give you a random day off in the week. But he'll never give you two days off. And that am I blaming Aaron Ramsdale here? Basically, yeah, Rambo, it's your fault, mate. Right, Send okay. Rambo an invoice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as soon as he got that text back to me, I thought, oh, that's not great. I yeah. don't like that. Um, and then I rung uh, one of my one of my closest fr- pals in football, Boaz Myhill. Um, and so I'm talking to Bo and I'm like, mate, I've had this incredible offer, blah, 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 blah. And Boaz is just laughing down the phone, right? And he's even told me an even better story because he's in the phone, he's in the car, sorry, with his daughter. He's just picked her up from netball at school, right? And I'm on loudspeaker, yeah? <laughs> and um, I'm telling him these figures and I'm telling him Newcastle and he's he's just laughing he's going oh my god he's going you're 39 years old this is what on earth like blah 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 blah. and um at one point boa said to me mate listen you got to do what you got to do you go with your gut he says but so it's it's a a serious contract that you've got to respect yeah and then at the end he's joking saying i can't believe you're going to turn this i can't believe you're going to turn x amount down um and he said and i hung up uh and boa said my daughter who sat next to me who's 15 went Who's turning down this much money, Dad? <laughs> and he's just laughing his head. I'm thinking, oh, God. But Boaz knows me as well. And he was like, listen, mate, it's an incredible offer and it's a great chance. But if you don't want to do it, mate, you, you know you. You ain't going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then I spoke to a few other people, this and that. And you rung me. I even Tom rung me and he was like, right, we can go tonight. You know, he says, I'll drive. Because I was still banned from driving. I've just, I've just got my license back. I got banned from driving. I had my backpack. Yeah, so we had his backpack. We were going up. He was like, mate, we'll do it. It's fine. I'll drive you. I'll stay up there with you tonight. It's golden. Medical tomorrow, sweet as a nut. So anyway, I took all this advice off of everybody and I'm sat there having dinner, right? Just started eating dinner. <sighs> my God. And I'm talking to my wife, talking to my kids. I'm just like, no, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And this is the point when I phone you back, right? Yeah. Well, th- this was it. You called back and you said that. And then I think I spent about 10 minutes unbroken yeah. <laughs> trying to convince you or give you reasons as to why this makes sense. <laughs> At which point you hung up, you then text me, said, I think I'm coming round. Yeah. And then it was about another 10, but I knew at that point. Done. I knew just because I, and that, I'd spoke to the, the, the guys I work with. I was like, I just, I know Ben. I know that, and I, I, again, I don't know what you did in that, that period of time, because I, I think I actually sent you, and I've got a habit of doing this, I sent then about 10 bullet points. Yes, you did. I yeah. sent about 10 bullet points, says it's crazy, this, this, this. Yeah. Also, there was a part of me I just felt, once you got up there, yeah. you would have loved it. I, but do you know what the bit, though, and again, this was probably afterwards, this hit me more than anything, was although it was a very different situation, I did the same thing when I retired. Yeah. I could have done another year or two. Uh-huh. I was offered contracts and actually I was just, I just wasn't feeling it. I had other stuff going on. And I was like, look, as much as financially it probably makes sense to do another year or two, just don't want to do it. You Life's just know, right? Yeah. You just know, don't you? Like when, when you've had enough and when like you just get that feeling of, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I'm a 39-year-old man. I know myself. I know my head. I know my body, yeah? My body could have done it, mm. but I wouldn't have had it in my heart. Mm. And that was the problem for me. I think if I, like, I agree with you. If I'd have gone up there and I would have spent a few days in training and I'd have met everybody and I would have just, I'd have been, it'd have been like being like normal. Do you know what I mean? It'd been like being at Watford or West Brom or whatever. I know I'd have enjoyed it. I know I would. But I didn't want it to get to that point. I just didn't want to do it, mate. Honestly, it filled with me me with dread. And I've never felt that way before. Like anywhere in football, I've never felt that way before. And it just filled with me with dread. Um, so yeah, so, so I remember you giving me all the bullet points. I'm reading, I'm going, oh, God's sake. Oh. <laughs> and then I went, 
no, I'm not doing it. And mate, he was like, oh, it was the saddest voice I've ever heard in my life. You know what? It, it was, was horrible. It was the most bizarre day because it was, the only way I can describe it, I started the day and I finished the day in exactly the same place. Yeah. So in, in the, I was eventually back at Stansted, back at home. Emotionally like, drained though. It was, it was just weird. I'm sat there and I'm like, yeah, this has just been the most bizarre day. Like whatever it was, you know, 20 hours from start to finish where I'm in exactly the same place and I'm like, nothing's changed, yet I feel so deflated. Yeah. But then, do you know, there was that bit, and I touched on it there, where I kind of thought about it, because it's like, you, I can't be, well, for a start, I can't be angry, because it's it's you, for a start, which you is really annoying. You definitely were a little bit. <laughs> I was for a period of time, but it's annoying because it's you. Like, so I can't really be angry. But then it was also, I came back to that thought, I was like, no, do you know what, in a weird way, I like this. Like, as much as, don't get me wrong, from a personal point of view, and financially, and whatever, fine. But actually, from a point of view, in terms of doing things for the right reasons, yeah. I kind of then took a different perspective and I actually genuinely the next day I was absolutely fine. But yeah, that evening it wasn't because it was just an emotional roller coaster from, yes, yeah, out of nothing, suddenly something that the, yeah, and it was hours. Cause I mean, again, we probably, you know, you can't really explain on a, uh, a podcast like this, but it was, it was hours. I must've yeah. spoke to you 15 times that day Easy. and similarly Newcastle. Yeah. So it's just constant while juggling other things as well. So it was just an emotional roller coaster. Um, yeah. So this is the point. So I've made my mind up at this point. So, um, this is where I rang you back. So I remember giving you the bad news and it's like, no, mate, listen, I'm not doing this now. And you were like, yeah, okay, okay. Um, this is, I then bring you straight back and said, listen, I'm going to ring, um, I'm going to ring Dan Ashworth and I'm going to tell him myself because Dan Ashworth, the chief exec, I know Dan anyway. And he's a top man, to be fair. He is a real top man. Um, so that's when I rung him. And you know what? He was cool. He was honestly yeah, yeah. so cool. He was like, listen, mate, I really appreciate the phone call. Uh, it's a tough call to make. I understand it though. And I appreciate you ringing me now. He says, cause if you rung me tomorrow, I'd have been so pissed off. He said, because we'd have got medicals planned. Like we're another day down. He said, it would have absolutely pissed me off. He said, but I really do appreciate that. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a bit of a bonkers um, day, wasn't it? It was nice to share it with you though. Do you know what I mean? Really, it was. Well, I kind of thought when it was playing out, I thought it was going to be like, bearing in mind it's 15 years ago 16 yeah. years ago that the premier league year we spent we played together, we spent yeah. together. i yeah. thought it's gonna be the lovely way to kind of round this all off you know how cool is that that then 16 and years later ever contract potentially yeah and who knew the film had a big twist at the end yeah i know it was gold Do you know um, what though richie's <clears throat> rang me after because i was literally going am i coming to your house or not i was like because i was saying i'll be there in 20 minutes kind of thing yeah. and then you rang and went no nah, i'm not doing it and then <laughs> he said I've just turned down a job for <laughs> X amount of pounds yeah. Yeah. and something along the lines of, so you got to make this fucking business work or whatever. And I'm going, oh, wow. It's, it's, a good it's a good job we have a nice time making podcasts and football content and stuff, isn't it? Because there's no way I could have turned it down otherwise. The fact that we are having, is honestly, such a good, good time doing this and enjoying it. Uh, that honestly was what swayed me. Was it really? Yeah, it's mad. Absolutely mad. Um, right, that's the, that's the Newcastle story, right? Mm. We, but I, I still want to talk about being a football agent, okay? Mm -hmm. Because um, I, we were talking at the beginning of the show, um, sorry, before the show, about when you when you mentioned the word football agent, right? The, automatically, for probably most football fans, they they conjure up this image of like a greasy... Um, suit, wide boy. Yeah, wide boy, suit laden, giving it the big spiel kind of thing. That's what comes up. Why is it like that? Why do people straight away think of that image? Uh, there are stories out there. There are yeah. lots of stories and it is, look, it's a real tough one. And I had it myself, obviously, as a player choosing agents yeah. in that, you know, the big word that comes up a lot is trust. Oh, you need to go for someone you trust. But it's it's more than that. Now to be or to go with an agent, you need to find someone who's had results and yeah, trust. Because look, ultimately, and this is where, and again, without going into too much detail, a lot of the time, a contract, uh, a club offers a contract to a player, they'll obviously always go through the agent. Now, there are conversations that a player may never know about. And that's where this comes in and yeah. where the mistrust can come in, because there's lots of different agendas at play. And it's then, do they have the agenda of the player First and foremost, do they want the best Basically for you? Basically, the best interests. Yeah. Best interests. Yeah. Well, it might be, uh, look, it might be that a player's got five offers, and is the agent guiding them to one offer over another? And why are they yeah. doing that? Uh, That's where. So okay, this is yeah. Okay, I understand that. So if a if a if a player's got five offers and the agent knows about these five offers. If he is at that point, then weaseling off and going, well, you pay me a bit more money to me, I'll bring him to you. Yeah, and is that because he's representing the club as well? Well, this is where, if, it, if it's done in its purest form, 
then it should be a case of, yeah, look, the agenda's always with the player. Yeah. You know, and, and it's open and honest. It's open and honest. It. It's transparent. It's like, right, these are the five offers. These are what they're all offering. Of course, at that point, you give advice. I mean, one of the reasons I went into it, and I only deal with goalkeepers, yeah. nothing else. And the reason is, is that we've both been there between the sticks. I know what they're going through a lot of the time. And also the guiding of a player's career. Like, okay, this one might be more financially for you at this point, but actually I think your next step is better from this one. You know, so you will then if you're doing it correctly, be giving advice based on their future career. One of the big problems with agency is that, uh, and again, people don't fully understand this, is that a player will have a contract with a club, but they'll also have a contract with an agent. Now, the reason I mention that is that the question is, is the agent looking at the next 10 years or are they just looking at the next two years while they're with that particular agent? Because there is always a chance that when that business relationship ends, they may join another agent. So this is where ideally the the agent always has a long-term uh, idea in mind for the player and not just the immediate which might not necessarily suit the long term is that because every time a player moves that's where the new or sort of even if he signs a new contract for example that's where he will get a new signing on fee for yeah. example and that's when that's where the money will come from basically so essentially an agent ordinarily doesn't get paid until there is a new contract or a move yeah so again, and sometimes you might sign a player for that two-year period and there doesn't happen to be a new contract during that time. So you could work for them for two years and then they choose another agent. That's just the nature of the, the job. But again, with that being the nature of the job, then there is the possibility that certain agents might look to try and make something happen so that something does happen within those two yeah, years. Yeah, that's the bit. I think that's the bit where agents get the bad name from is because it's almost like they're rocking the boat on purpose. They're disrupting everything which is sensible and good for that player's career going forward and do it in a sensible way so that they can get a payday. And that's the bit that ruins it, isn't it? It is, but do you know what I think? And I think it's changing. I do really think it's changing in that because it only takes one of those stories yeah. and it spreads like wildfire. Yeah, like I'm sure. sure without naming names, you know, I'm sure when you're in the changing room, you've got a good idea as to a lot of the agents out there. Some have got great reputations, some not so good. And I think the ones that are not so good, they're soon finding their way out of the game anyway. Yeah. And I do think the better agents will... Well, that's why a lot of lot of players now have family represent them, don't they? Which it'd be interesting to see what your take is on the rich because it, it can be good because yeah. obviously you'd think most of the time the trust, not element. all of the time, yeah, sure. Because yeah. there have been instances that they've got the best interests of the player at heart, but at the same point, are they that connected Qualified. person? Well, this is a bit because I think some people you wouldn't necessarily think you think of it in a real basic level. Oh, anyone could be an agent, you know, but then I guess that's the bit and we'll we'll no doubt go into it. The stuff that you do behind the scenes, I know there's no one that can match me in the goalkeeping world, for instance. And that's, for instance, being in touch with all 92 goalkeeper coaches or the different head of recruitments or having spreadsheets, knowing exactly who's going where, what each person's on contract wise, length wise, who are free transfers this summer. If they go there, who's the right fit for there? Knowing goalkeeping, knowing a goalkeeper's game, which goalkeeper fits which team, having those contract uh, conversations way in advance. And as much as a family member, you might have the trust, which is where look, you do need the trust. If they haven't got those contacts, then really you're just waiting for the phone to ring. And there are a lot of agents out there that do that. That you know, look, if I represent you, I could just sit there, and at some point the phone will ring yeah. because you're Ben Foster. But if it's your 18-year-old who's desperate for a loan into the national league, that phone isn't going to ring yet. That could be the loan that helps make their career. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the um, the behind-the-scenes things that people don't see. I think everybody everybody just sees the big agents, the ones doing the moves where it's like. Not it's fallen into their lap, basically, isn't it? It's like they don't really have to do much work for it. Do you know what I mean? The clubs want this player anyway. So it's like, basically, just how much are you going to pay us? And it's literally that. And they're taking, how much money are agents making? So like, say a big deal, for example. Say, so Erling Haaland signs for, for Man City in the summer. Um, who did his deal? Was it his dad? Was it his, like, an agent or what? I'd say it would have been Raila, but obviously Raila, I don't know, he's passed now. I don't know yeah, if he's sure. passed at that point. What, what, at what point do... Do the clubs say, well, we're not going to pay you this money or we're going to pay you that money? Can he name his price, for example? Do you know what I mean? Um, if he's if he's taking a player for 60 million quid, how much would an agent make off of a deal like well, that? Ordinarily, it's 5%. That's the standard. standard. And it would normally be on behalf of the player. And without getting too geeky about it, there's an HMRC side of this where that becomes on like a benefit in kind for the player. Um, and then... Potentially, it could be done as what's called a tripartite agreement where an agent can work on behalf of the player and on behalf of the club. Yeah. And then what the club decides to pay the agent 
is essentially up to them. But so ordinarily... It could be anything. It could be. I mean, for the bigger players, and this is where, as you say, that's the bit you'll see in the press, yeah. is the big numbers that are banded around. And that might be where... And ordinarily, there is transparency with the player. But when it's on behalf of the club, it doesn't necessarily impact the player. But you'd like to think, in a perfect world, and in most of these situations, they'll be aware as to what the agent's getting. And I'm assuming for the likes of an Erling Haaland, etc., they'll be okay with it if they know that they're getting the, the deal that they want. So, so then the tripartite, when, when an agent's working on a tripartite agreement, mm-hmm. so he's working on behalf of the club and behalf of the player, that is the bit that can get murky. That is the bit where the agent can start to go, right, I want 20 million quid from this. And he can, and he can actually legally go and say that to a club. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm saying this without having been in that situation. We haven't gotten <laughs> Erling Haaland. Um, but no, at that point, that's You wouldn't have him anyway, mate. You only do goalkeepers. Only do goalkeepers. Right? But only at this point, keepers. though, could there not be a bit of conflict with the player saying, you've got 10 mil here. Surely that should be going into my contract. Yeah. Yeah, in, in this short. Is where can, because, because this is where, and again, uh, you mentioned it, sort of the number of deals. I think I've been involved, well, in fact, I know I've been involved in 55 over the last four windows, the so last wow. two years, 55 goalkeeping deals. Wow. But like, we would never go, or, or we, yeah, we would never go to those levels because it's, you know, you kind of know where the, uh, where the levels are and where the, the, the limit is almost. Yeah. And, it's, and it is that transparency again. Because I guess, but I guess there's different thought processes behind this. I want to be doing this for the next 25 years. So for me, I want to continue to build the reputation that I'm building, yeah. keep doing the job that I'm doing. You know, some great examples out there because as much as we talk about these huge ones, you've then got like Aaron Ramsdale, we spoke about a lot, uh, I feel, today. Great example for what he's doing now. Really, it was the loan to Chesterfield where they ended up getting relegated. He makes a mistake in his first game. I remember it well, but he did brilliantly on that loan. Goes to Wimbledon, where they're in the relegation zone, helps them stay up, and he was an absolute hero for them. That is effectively what gave him his chance at Bournemouth, yeah. which has then led to what we see built now. Built him into but the all-round goalkeeper. Built him into it, and people don't necessarily see that loan to Chesterfield or Wimbledon. A lot of people won't know about it, but that's what's allowed it to be what it is now. And of course, when you've got, and I guess this is where it's like a lot of different businesses, when you've got an asset of that size, or you've got an asset like an Erling Haaland, then of course you having that on your client list is a massive draw. Is a massive. And this draw. is where you place them as well. So how important to, for you in your job? How important is finding that asset that potentially is going to be England number one and putting them in the right home? Yes. Wimbledon on loan. Yeah. Chesterfield on loan, for example. Oh, huge. I mean, I so this summer I want to say it was. 10 or 11 loans I did and again no one will know any of them because it was three into the, uh, sorry two International League two into League 2 uh, one into SPL a couple into the Conference South one into the one below that no one will know about any of them and that's understandable that they wouldn't however again as a goalkeeper it's that catch 22 every manager wants a goalkeeper with experience yeah. where are they going to get that experience so we're having to then and that's I think probably the hardest bit but the most important bit is working with managers at that level to be like look I've seen him play I know what level he can be he could be a championship Premier League goalie I promise you he'll come into you and do a really good job. And that's where you build the trust with a lot of the non-league managers. But yeah, sometimes it's the the biggest things. And you look at, well, in fact, you look now in the Premier League, the ones that are playing, Rob Sanchez was, uh, was it Forest Green, Rochdale? Yeah, yeah. And now he is where he is. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale, we touched on. Dean Henderson did every league. Nick Pope, Jordan Nick Pope, Pickford. Jordan Pickford did the same, yeah, the loan same journey. Thing, yeah. I mean, you even did the loan journey. Same thing, back yeah. In the day. That's so, where you learn it. That's yeah. where you learn the the basics, the kind of like playing where there's like a thousand fans. Is it, more important everybody. A, is it more important as a goal? Keeper, uh, I would sure. say so. Goalkeeper, and I'd say it's massive. I'd say it's harder the lower you go. Yeah, so I think you're playing suddenly. You haven't got the incredible stadium to protect you from the elements. You haven't got the great players in front of you that are going to get you out of trouble. You're not playing on carpet. You know, you might be playing on a Tuesday night, a horrendous pitch. You can hear the three people behind you that are screaming at you. Yeah, and actually to play, and then you lose one nil. You make a mistake. It's so demoralising. So you see lads actually struggle on a Conference South loan, but go and do well in the Championship. Yeah. So I think for a goalkeeper to go and tick that box early on and make your way up the levels. It's from memory because you went on obviously a couple of loans. Am I right? saying one didn't work out brilliantly yeah, but then the next yeah. worked out really I well when Kidderminster played two games got recalled because we lost 1-0 and 4-0 had a stinker yeah. um, but then spent the next sort of six months going out loan to Tiverton Town you went to uh, Stafford Rangers just anywhere that would have me to go and play like even Bristol City I went as a number two just so I could be in and around the first team mm. but you learn stuff along the way that's the beauty of it it gives you this grounding so that when you go back and then like I was still 19, 20 at the time but your body's still putting itself together at that point as well do you know what I mean the, the dots haven't quite connected all the way through yet so as long as you can learn a bit as you go and then when it connects up hopefully it might make sense that's the beauty of it all um, but I do think I agree with you what you said there a minute ago about goalkeepers 
I think it's a really, really niche position. Where when it comes to having an agent, I, my, my agent Vince was always he was a goalkeeper. He used mm. to play for Blackburn back in the day, and so I always knew that he could see it from my perspective better. You know what I mean? He could see when when it came time to be contract negotiations. Mate, this is a place for you. It fits. You know what I mean? It works. You're doing really well. The club, blah, blah, blah. Or if it was a move, fantastic opportunity. This, no, not necessarily that though. Don't do that. Would you recommend to goalkeepers out there that they should have, their agent should have some sort of like career having played the game or even if they're like a semi-pro goalkeeper or something like that? Uh, I do. I think it's more the fact that the outfield market is completely different to the goalkeeper market. Is it really? So if you're an agent with outfield players, you're effectively having to do two jobs if you're going to focus on goalkeepers too. Yeah. So yeah, my advice would be, you know, whether it's myself or there's a few others out there that look after just goalkeepers, I'd always recommend them because I think, look, I know I spend 16 hours a day just on the goalkeeping market. I couldn't even dream to think of starting on the outfield. I just haven't got any free time in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So given that I'm spending that much time purely on that, you would need someone to be able to do that in order to do it effectively. Yeah. Um, so basically what you're saying then is all these like agents who have got goalies and outfield, they're all blaggers, basically. They don't watch <laughs> any of their games. That's exactly just, what he just said. Yeah, they're just winging it. No, and it's, going, yeah, you were amazing, you know what, mate. Do you know what I'd say? <laughs> this is going to sound really... I want this to come across the right way, but effectively agents are selling a product so each player is a product so do you know exactly what you're selling so like for instance something i do i watch every single kick of every single player every single game i'll go on y scout or i'll I'll watch uh, i said to you before the show i have on a saturday i've got a way in which i can watch eight games live at one time i've got my own like soccer saturday studio that sounds hard work you know i have 400 google alerts on my phone for every different goalkeeper in the country yeah so in the morning it takes me an hour to go through all the goalkeeping news just in case there is a, a rumor that such and such might join somewhere well i need to find out if that's true because then there's going to be an opening and I've got three ideas or two ideas. There's always a knock-on effect, isn't there? There's always a ripple effect afterwards. Big jigsaw. And sometimes it won't necessarily be, this is the other part, is that I might have three ideas for that role. I might not represent any of those three, but actually, if one of them goes in there, again, that might free up this space. I've got the perfect candidate. But it's consultancy. I guess if a club, as diligent as you are, a club goes, do you know, we're in a bit of a spot. Rich might not represent them, but it'll give us a steer so that, on someone. Yeah. So that's why, in fact, even with, with Monday, I've got literally two today. Good examples, two lads that aren't mine, aren't ones I work with, but the clubs have called me, Rich, we need this profile for this for this amount of time. And I've said, look, I know, and I've got a goalkeeping spreadsheet. I know the free agents out there. He'd be perfect for you. He'd be perfect for you. And touch wood, they've actually both gone through, which is, which is great. But again, that then also builds more credibility with the club because yeah, sure. I'm not always necessary. I would never do it. This is the other thing, going back to the idea of them being a product. Because again, if you get it wrong, or if I do something based purely on, oh, I want to get them into a club, if they're not feeling it, and maybe I'm not feeling it, and we put them into that club and it doesn't go well, well, then you can burn relationships because yeah. they have got trust in my expertise or our expertise, and we've just put someone in there for the sake of putting in their taking over, which, by the way, most clubs won't go on that. You know, they'll do their own due diligence, of course, but certainly the clubs, non-league in particular, a lot of the time they are like, come on, you've got to help us out. We haven't got the resources to go and scout this goalkeeper 10 times. You need to hang your hat on it as yeah. well. So if you're recommending somebody and they take that take that like plunge and go for it, mm-hmm. you've got to think, non-league, goal, non, non-league teams as well, they haven't got a big budget. If they're taking that goalkeeper, that goalkeeper has to work. Like, do you know what I mean? They can't go and get him and then go, oh God, we're going to have to go and get another one because this one, that kills them, doesn't it? So you have to hang your hat on it. Um, a question I want to ask is sort of how how high maintenance are players do you know what I mean like what what else do you have to do for players is it is it just a simple case of doing the transfers doing a new contract renewal all that kind of stuff or is there other well, things that come with it so it's it's interesting for all the lads I work with they're all very different so I've got a handful that will call me every time they play a game in the morning just have a quick chat quick pep talk I'll have uh, one, one lad that calls me every Monday afternoon I know three o'clock I'm getting a call from this particular lad I've got one that I haven't spoke to for a while but we just do voice notes yeah just do voice notes back and forth just pure whatsapp so it's always according to the player you know I'm not gonna say this is how I am this is how I operate because yeah if it's not you it's not you The bit that most want to know is when it comes to the time where they do need their move or they need the new contract is that you're on it and you know exactly where that potentially could be. And I guess that's where 
I would pride myself as being, even now, we're only in, what, October, I've already got a good idea as to who are going to need goalkeepers come next summer. Yeah, sure. So already I can start to plan really, really early. Because there's nothing like, so it's like that one, you have an exam the next day and you do your revision last minute. There's, you know, it brings the fear of God into me, the idea that suddenly we get to the summer and you've got a handful of lads that are desperate. And again, it's livelihood. Course, you know, we talk yeah. about it. This summer just gone, there was a lot of lads that needed those moves. And each day that you get closer to August, suddenly August 1st comes around, they're not getting paid anymore. Oh, nervy time. That really is, nervous time. Yeah. So it is one that you build the relationship according to them. I think we use the word again, transparency, integrity. You've got to do it in such a way where it's, look, I can't come to every game you're going to play. I'm not going to promise you things that I can't do. But what I will do is watch every single moment that you have and I'll know you inside out so that when I'm presenting you someone, I'll give you the best possible chance. That's a big thing that I'll try and present to them. But in terms of that relationship, it has to be according to them. And if you don't live up to expectations, the other part is that it is a business relationship. As much as you build a friendship yeah, sure. naturally with your agent, there might be a point where you do let them down. Um, you know, again, touch wood, it doesn't happen too often. But if that does happen, then yeah, sometimes you will have players leave you if you don't necessarily, if you're not able to live up to the so, task. So you're not the guy that's going to go and sort out their uh, washing machine when it breaks and go and get <laughs> so, the car serviced and all that kind of stuff. So no? Do you know what? You've got, let me think, what have I had some of the funniest things? Um, you might do it. And that's where a lot of agencies will collaborate with a concierge company. Yeah, sure. So then you'll often just palm it off onto the concierge company. But yeah, no, certainly if a player's moving as well, you know, yeah. moving to a different club, then it might be that you're getting a driver to pick them up and take them somewhere. You're kind of helping them locally with the place they might live. Um, I'm sure I've got a couple of good ones for you. They'll probably come to me later in the show. Yeah. You know. But you do get some, it tends to be that then you become, yeah, a point of contact for pretty much everything, um, which is fine because again, you know, the age we are, we've, experienced a lot of things and if it is your general day-to-day -day things there'll probably be someone you can put them in touch with yeah, I love it. I was going to ask you what you do kind of how busy is it outside of the transfer window but I know you pretty much answered like well, it's staying it can, on top it, of things do you know what? it can be as much or as little is the truth because yeah look as soon as September 1st comes around you could literally just sit there you've got your client list and just just wait wait for the phone and to there run. are guys out there that do that they've got to be there are for yeah. sure well that's it and there'll be some that will take a long period of time off september october quiet months gets a little bit busier in november so the, the bit that i've realized i've i've sort of uh, periodized my year to an extent where i know that in the summer i'm the most boring man you'll ever meet i sit behind my desk from may june july august and i'm literally 16 hours a day got my classical music on in the background and i am just on it he's changed it back in the day he was giving right. it large in watford i remember right. i remember going out with you some sort of old man you oh, were how old are you 39 we're the same age you know we're the same age i know i look younger but oh that's your great like you look yeah you're yeah, miles yeah, yeah. um yeah you changed mate you like used to be a little party raver now you got your classical that's music classical guaranteed music. you've got like a green tea peppermint tea or something that's like that coffee. i need the caffeine and I that's it though you are literally plotted up and I you do, are no, studying I, I um I, yeah I wake up at four in the morning literally in the, because I think as well like those period that period of time in the year for an agent the, the best agents out there that's it that's where also look, let's be crude about this that's where you make your money yeah for an agent you've got to get the right deals the best deals for your clients so those four months I'm tuned in now look this is a great time of the year really because September October that might be where I look at the client list and okay can we add one or two more uh, if so what kind of level who's out there that maybe didn't get a move that should have got a move so it might be that we then approach a few lads and just find out if they're happy with their representation so September October November tend to be those months then again November December building up to January which is a reactive market so it's not one that you'll necessarily plan for because you can't you know as of this moment now everyone should be happy with their goalkeepers yeah. but when we get to November December you'll get some injuries maybe a few lads aren't performing too well so then you'll look to react to that in January and then again September March April uh, certainly September uh, sorry February March uh, a very quiet month and then it starts to get busy again but you do a bit with um MLS don't you yeah yeah so I mean like this summer uh took a lad to Belgium Ireland Scotland Sweden Australia America wow so like it, it, that wasn't the intention but uh yeah I've got a few conversations at the moment with MLS clubs for potentially other lads to, to we'll just there. keep the door spoke open to, for him well spoke to an MLS club uh in regards to Ben oh, another one I let you down on yeah that's right another one I let you down on. <laughs> so, yeah another happy day yeah, uh, keep, keep yeah. the door open for March all right yeah, yeah okay <laughs> no on a serious one that's one that and I don't know we touched on it and look you guys have got a great thing going on here but yeah, of course. If you wanted to go there 
MLS would be a banger, wouldn't it? I think, do you know what? I've seen a lot of people actually saying, um, oh, you'd be open to a move to MLS, but not to Newcastle yet. And I'm thinking, no, because it's a different thing. It's still still a family thing where if if I was to go and do the MLS, I would take the family out. The family would come with me and we would live out there and we would give it a go. Do you know what I mean? We'd try and live that lifestyle for a little bit. But when you're moving up to Newcastle, I can't just take the kids up to Newcastle. Do you know what I mean? They're in school, they're settled sort of thing. It's not a, it's not a big enough move to sort of do that, yeah? yeah? So it is a different thing. If an MLS offer came up, honestly, still even now, I'd genuinely be like, well, I'd have to have a look at that just yeah. for the pure lifestyle. Not not as in big enough move as, as in it was to the end of the season. So yeah, obviously sure. Newcastle are a whopper, aren't they? Massively, exactly, yeah. But for a short-term contract, oh, yeah, a few months it is. you couldn't yeah. do it. I mean, I went over, so uh, Jonathan Bond, I won't name too many lads, but Jonathan Bond, who I took to the Galaxy, yes. let you guys down, actually, didn't he? With, yeah, he uh, did. Bondy, cheers, mate. Yeah. Came all the <laughs> way out to LA <laughs> to see you to do a podcast and uh, forgot, basically. <laughs> 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 we were sat there in the studio just chilling, going, uh, Ben, do you want to ring Bondy and just make sure he's all right? And I was like, they'd be fine. Who was in control of this, by the way? You or Ben? You were? Oh, okay, okay. No, because if it was you, bearing in mind that you gave me directions for here today and he gave me directions to his house. Gave me the wrong postcode. No, don't worry about that. In, yeah. you know, They're similar postcodes. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. Close enough. They're very similar postcodes. I was a little bit more annoyed than Ben was, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. We, we, we were, it was a bonus pod, so we were fine. Do, do you know what I say, though? So I went over and watched him. And yeah. obviously, in terms of the invert, you'd love it. Like, because you, know, you get to the stadium, it's a very different feel to a Premier League game, going to an MLS yeah, game, going sure, to the yeah. Galaxy. So much going on outside. Weather's beautiful. Oh. The atmosphere within the place, just a nice, friendly yeah. atmosphere. It's an event. And actually, it? the, yeah. and the, you know, keeps been saying it for years. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And they're only investing more and more money into it. It's Jonathan's loving life over there, isn't he? Brilliant. Doing just, well made, just made the playoffs they have. He got man of the match Fantastic. in the last game to help him make the playoffs. He's doing really well. Uh, Rich, like banging podcast, mate. Honestly, I like. I've genuinely, genuinely like intriguing to know the world of agency. And first of all, I'm not blowing smoke you off, but it seems like you're one of the good ones, and it's lovely to see because goalies should look after ourselves. We genuinely should. Um, and it's good to know that you are out there doing it for the goalies. Maybe you there. should sign one of his deals then. Yeah, I know. Stop letting it That'd down. That'd be lovely, basically. wouldn't it? Yeah, stop letting yeah. it down. I mean, um, I just had to remove that down payment. <laughs> he's been turfed out of his house. He got a little he's bit. Had to give back his Porsche. Oh. We're talking about him on a podcast. We spoke about him in my retirement pod. He's killing it. All right. Yeah. Um, how so? How would how would a player go about finding an agent? Do you know what I mean? How how can a player go and get an agent that he can trust and find yeah. one that's going to work for him? Uh, tough it's ordinarily the other way around the agents will find you yeah that's what you tend to find and there's always ways and means uh, what often happens is word of mouth you know and you'll certainly find that in in the changing room uh, from my point of view and I guess I try to do it a little bit differently and I'm quite targeted in terms of lads I would like to speak to it'll always be ones I rate you know ones yeah. that I'll watch play and I'll go through all their footage and if I like them then I'll try and find a way to at least ask the question it's one of them where they might be re- and always be really respectful because if they are happy I'll always say to them well then look if you're happy that's it's quite difficult sometimes to find a good agent so by all means stick with your agent and crack on if there's any sign that maybe they're not and that their contracts run out or running out then yeah we'd look to have a conversation and, and go from there um, the other bit that I've looked to do and again I'll give away a few of my secrets now so others can, can follow copy. is copy by all means is Instagram for me has been really powerful. Really? Like, I know you guys use social media well, but it's one that, yeah, you, you know, as an agent, you've got a certain brand and I want to get that brand across as to what I stand for, my values, ethics, etc. And if that aligns with you as a goalkeeper, then great. If it doesn't, then I'm not for you. Yeah, brilliant. That's, it's as simple as that. I think um, as, a, as a footballer nowadays, I think you most of it is done on word of mouth and it is on finding somebody that fits for you because you trust them because they've got your best interests. It's not that easy to do all the time, but I get the feeling you're one of the good ones, mate. So, um, banging really good podcast, mate. Really, really enjoyed that. Really sort of really like, like interesting to know all the, like the, the behind the scenes and the workings of it, all that kind of stuff. Um, Richard Lee, absolute brilliant as usual, mate, we finish off. I'm going to look into that camera. Then Tom will finish me. Ready? Finish me. Finish me. Finish <laughs> follow me. Uh, and we say up the Foscast. Up the Foscast. Up the Foscast. There you go. Well done, mate. Well done. Well done, mate. Very well good. Done. Good job. Good job. Leave me hanging Stuff. Thanks everybody for watching. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of the Foscast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Spotify of the Foscasts.